and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with a Game Week 27 preview, a double for a handful of teams. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by the seventh heaven to my 7-0 defeat to your closest rivals. It's Andy Case. Andy, I mean, obviously I wouldn't want to dwell on Man United uh, losing... 7-0 against Liverpool, but uh, I, I think I think you managed to avoid watching it, so at least avoided some of the torture. Uh, unusually for me, I'm a, I avoid the second half, yes. Um, and usually you know me, like every single minute of every game. Um, so I suppose a fortunate half to have missed uh, in that sense. But um, no, I mean, what, what can you say? It's like an, an um, an awful result, uh, but I have been. I think I've described on this show whether to you, certainly to you, whether it was on the show or not, I can't remember. That it's like when you have been repeatedly hurt so many times by a partner, it takes a long time for the trust to come back. And despite defensive solidity being improved significantly this season, the, the wounds were so deep that it still wasn't fully sort of healed yet. So I guess my trust wasn't there for it to be broken. Mm. That doesn't mean it wasn't a disappointing result. It absolutely was. And I was say, it, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like you've really been desensitized to it. I guess I guess that ultimately desensitization is a bit different to you know not quite trusting and believing just yet. But but yeah. It, um, I mean, it was a good game for a neutral observer, but I guess you were still looking for a bit of a, yeah, a bit, a bit more fight, a bit, a bit more end to end. And I guess some of these games, Man United, Liverpool, re- over recent years, it either seems to be a very boring nil nil or a complete humdinger. And often the humdingers have been quite one sided, and usually towards the team on Merseyside rather than uh, rather than in Greater Manchester. But, but yeah, I mean, I guess there is a. There's some hope, and I guess you know, you're about think, to kick off in 24 minutes, right? To see if you can um, bounce back against Betis. The difference is, even in the Fergie games, Liverpool didn't get done 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 by us, right? They had the Gerrards and Carragers and whatever of the world fighting two for now, and it was always a difficult game against them, right? And we have not done that in the Klopp years. Um, and last season's 5-0 and this season's 7-0 are exceptionally egregious examples of, of that like like you said it's the it's the it's the capitulation and the pathetic lack of effort frankly that's the most disheartening rather than the actual result well you wouldn't know it from andy's tone because uh, obviously he seems very uh, disappointed but he is on holiday uh, so uh, we are having a slightly different audio setup to normal so Things are a little bit quieter and you have to strain to listen to, uh, well, probably to Andy, but it could be to me as well, because I do chat some inaudible rambling nonsense sometimes. Um, then, yeah, we do apologise. And this is just a one week, one week issue while Andy is sunning himself, uh, sunning himself in, in Cyprus. And he has escaped one of the coldest spring weeks I think I've ever experienced in England. So he's done a pretty good, uh, pretty good job booking this holiday. Uh, anyway, let's crack on with our uh, with our Game Week 27 preview. We'll 
start by running down the game week fixtures as we always do. Have a quick chat about this week's talking points, of which obviously those teams doubling will feature heavily. Similar to the radar, they will also again feature heavily, and it's got a similar feel to last week, but may but plenty of additions too. Uh, we will be trying to catch each other in our honey traps again. Not a lot to swim against this week, and then we'll finish as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is stat. Let's start then by running down those all important FPL fixtures. Uh, your deadline for game week 27 is 11 o'clock on Saturday, the 11th of March, and that's because lunchtime kickoff is Bournemouth hosting Liverpool. Obviously, the reverse fixture was a massive 9 0 earlier in the year. And we have four three o'clock kickoffs they are Everton, Brentford, Leeds, Brighton, Leicester, Chelsea. Spurs, Nottingham Forest, and then our tea time kickoff on the Saturday is Crystal Palace hosting Man City. On Sunday, uh, the 12th of March, we've got Fulham versus Arsenal, Man United versus Southampton, West Ham versus Aston Villa, and Newcastle versus Wolves. And then uh, the key element of this game week, moving on to Wednesday, the 15th of March, a double for these teams, Brighton versus Crystal Palace, the what they call it A26 derby and Southampton versus Brentford. So, yeah, just to, I guess, run through then those doubles, uh, Brighton playing Leeds away and Palace at home, Brentford playing Everton away and Southampton at home, Palace playing Man City at home and Brighton away, Southampton playing Man United away and Brentford at home. I guess, Andy, uh, it is fairly obvious which of these four teams managers are going to be feeling like they need to get players into their FPL teams for not only are Brighton and Brentford doing considerably better in the league than Crystal Palace and Southampton, but also they don't face a tricky game against one of the Manchester clubs either in this double game week. Um, and I guess, you know, not to not to call you out here, but there was, um, I, I think, a text exchange that we had the other week um or maybe probably probably actually last week which is kind of like mm, double game week featuring brighton and brentford it's not exactly man city is it which i think is, is is fair but ultimately some of the underlying numbers that these teams are producing at the at the minute in terms of both their attacking and defensive play and obviously where they are in the in the league and given the teams that they face this week in 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 leeds and palace for brighton and everton and southampton for brentford means that Double game weeks, they might not be the you know the top six, but they do they are quite appealing. They don't get that much better than these two, really, do they? I, I don't know. I think that might be a little bit far. Uh, but yeah, obviously, it's not. It was it Liverpool playing Norwich and Fulham or whoever it was a couple of years ago? Yeah, uh, you know, it's not yeah. that. It's not that. But yeah, yeah. So well, I say, and I say even even this season, right? Like you'd want. Like, like, I think your overall point is a good. It's, they're not bad, right? As, but, but I think could it be better? You said it can get much better. I suppose it can get much better, but it definitely could get better. Right? Arsenal, City, you'd probably say even Liverpool at the moment after that, after that buoyance uh, uh, result for them. But yeah, I mean, Brighton and Brentford in good form and and and, and scoring goals. So um, it's not like previous years when we've had like Burnley's having a double game week or anything like that for sure yeah yeah I mean I guess I guess one of these teams and I'm desperately waiting for my uh for my for uh, for my screen to load and uh, in the end it hasn't so I'm gonna have to um gonna have to abandon shit oh no here here we go no sod it never mind but I think one of these teams in in recent form my guess would be it's Brighton um you know they've got the highest sort of team xg in the league over the last four or six games, I mean, that 
in theory, better than City, better than Arsenal. And I guess the teams that they're playing against also make it pretty appealing. Um, There has been some chat, Andy, on FPL Twitter this game week about bench boosting this game week. Now, something that perhaps naively I hadn't really ever thought about was ultimately your when the best or yeah when the best opportunity to bench boost is is dependent not on your first 11 but is obviously just only dependent on you on your bench and I guess there is possibly some argument looking at your bench in this game week 27 that if unless you're going to have 12 doublers of your squad of 15 come game week 29 which in which there are more double game week fixtures of course then maybe this game week would be an optimum time because there are probably some maybe some better looking fixtures depending on the makeup of your squad particularly possibly for uh, for your second or backup uh, backup goalkeeper and easily and obviously you know we don't have an international break just before that so there is some chat about why it would be good to do it this week but we're I guess neither of us are that convinced and I think we're still probably erring towards 27 uh, sorry 29 but it's probably maybe worth having the conversation as a follow-up to last week's sort of more in-depth chat about strategy well, yeah I think basically the overriding point of trap not to fall into is thinking oh I'll have more doublers in 29 so therefore automatically that means I should bench boost them well not really, because however many you have in your first 11, doesn't matter because you play that first 11 anyway, even if you weren't bench boosting, right? It's about the benches, hence the, the chip's name. And it's possible that you might have some doublers on your bench. Like, like Chris has said, if you particularly in the goalkeeper department, it seems like a lot of people are being able to find two keepers who are, who are both doubling in 29. Um, but outside of that, like there's a lot of teams who say at least two, maybe even three Arsenal players in still, they're not doubling. In, in in 29 so okay arguably they'd be some of them at least would be in your first 11 but then what's the kind of difference really in terms of players this week on your bench or whatever that, that also have a single game week so I suppose it's yeah make sure you're comparing what would in, try and create your first 11 if you have or by looking ahead to game week 29 and say who would be on your bench um, if it was a normal game week, try and compare that, I suppose, to this week. And then, yeah, you've, you've also got the added factor of, like, even if you manage to do that process and it looks like your game week 29 bench might well be better because you've also got potential free transfers and stuff to use before then, well, that's three weeks away and there's an international break and European fixtures and, like, who knows who might get injured or what kind of things might happen, whereas... You've probably, if you've wildcarded already, all of this talk, I guess, is for mainly for people if they've wildcarded already, right? Because if you haven't, the team's probably in, in all kinds of different various states. But if you have, your team is, the point is, I suppose, your team is as set up, the money is as spread around your 15 now as it would be come 29, right? So you've, you've still got a decent 15, not just a decent 11, right? You've probably got a full squad of players that you're happy are pretty much starters and, and you'd be happy to have any of them in your 11 at any given point right because you've likely set yourself up for the blank as well as for the doubles which means you're probably using all of your assets that you've wildcarded in some way at some point so therefore why that the, if they're all starters or mostly starters and they have most of them have okay fixtures even this game week as well then there is there is an argument Particularly with the extra 
certainty, I suppose, of, of what's going to happen this weekend, as opposed to in three weeks' time, you, you could potentially use that bench boost this week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Makes makes sense. Uh, let's move on then, Andy, to our radar. And the centre of our radar has a very, very similar feel to, to last week. Uh, we're going to keep Ivan Tony in the centre of our radar. Obviously, there is still this potential betting, uh, betting suspension hanging over him. Not really been any chat, at least that I've seen, Andy, about that this week. Uh, the other issue was a suspension for him through uh, through 10 yellow cards. He didn't get booked in game week 26. Uh, so he lives to, I guess, well, he will live to fight another day anyway, unless he got sent off. But um, but, but but yeah, I guess the, the, the prospect of that two game uh, sort of domestic suspension for, for bookings, the can has been kicked down the road somewhat at least um but obviously there is still plenty of prospect of him of him picking up two in the next handful of games which would impact uh, his doubles going forward maybe even into game week 29 um but ultimately Andy best on the line numbers in the league and when he plays five games uh, in the next three game weeks and he's the only starting forward other than his teammate Brian and Wemo to do so I guess he really does hit the the, the trifecta that we're looking for you know looking good on the eye um good underlying numbers and very very good fixtures yeah well I think the simplest way to say this is he's in the same position pretty much as he was last week when we had him in the center of the radar apart from the fact we know he's one week further on without an additional yellow card to add towards the potential suspension. So it's also a really definite good. double this week, whereas last week we were kind of getting him in ahead of a double. But if you haven't already got him, then you've got to kind of got to do it this week, really, haven't you? Otherwise, it's not really worth it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think you said earlier that it was one at, uh, I think you accidentally said Southampton at home, but it's both fixtures away for Booker Brentford and, um, not that would, I think, in some people's minds, would maybe make you think less of an appealing prospect. But actually, you did some digging on on the numbers, and he seems to kind of actually rank better for XG when when he's away from home, isn't he? And look, let's face it, either way, home or away, Everton and Southampton have conceded lots and lots of goals and chances this season. So it's a, it's a double, it's a fantastic double, and I mean, yeah, what you could, like we said last week, could want much more for someone in the centre. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, not sure about the specific numbers, but among all players in FPL, uh, Tony ranks fifth for XGI at home this season, but ranks third away from home. And then, yeah, as Andy said, Everton 13th and Southampton 15th for expected goals against in the last six. This really is, uh, I guess, as good as, a, well, almost as good as a double as Ivan and Tony could prob- probably expect. And also on penalties, 22 penalties scored in out of 22 taken in his Brighton, uh, sorry, in his Brentford career. Uh, can't not, ask not, much more than that. Not, I was going to say, not averse to a double or a treble or even a Yankee. Older Ivan Tony, is he allegedly? Yeah, quite, quite, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move outwards then into the mid range of our radar, Andy. And we're going to put um, uh, Alexis McAllister in here. I guess he does blank next week, and that is the massive caveat with where he is on our radar. I think there would probably be an argument for him not appearing in the mid-range, but when you have had a positional shift very recently, which means that in the last four games you have the best expected goal involvement, fine, he's on penalties, but also the best non-penalty XG of anyone in the game, you ordinarily, with those underlying numbers, you'd probably be on the centre of our radar. So I think probably putting him in, in, in the mid-range is fair enough. He was perhaps a little bit overlooked last week. We went 
we spoke about March. I think we maybe mentioned Matoma as well. And Matoma is not really showing up at all in the underlying numbers. He reminds me a little bit of Miguel Almiron earlier in the, earlier in the season, running quite hot. But um, yeah, McAllister has the underlying numbers. Obviously, Brighton double this game week too. And they're going to probably have, Andy, quite a lot of doubles on the horizon as well, even if they do have the odd blank scattered in there too. Yeah, I think I was maybe even as dismissive as to say that it's a bit of a hipster hit uh, McAllister this season. A lot of a lot of uh, commentators have jumped on him because of a good World Cup and playing and seeming to be like all football friends with uh, Lionel Messi. Um, I mean, he was in his defence, he was pretty good before the World Cup, just playing a lot deeper. So maybe not an FPL asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it stood out more, I think, at the World Cup. Of course. Bit further forward. So when you when you when you join up with Messi, you're gonna you're gonna get on people's eyes eyes a lot more, aren't you, than Danny Welbeck uh, as you as you strike. Well, uh, quite quite. So, yeah. Um. But 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 no, I think whilst we're uh, the, the the bigger crime rather than being dismissive of him as a pick generally, I think was was perhaps just a bit late onto the his, his that change of position for him. Um. How much of an impact had on his I think we were sort of vaguely aware of it last week but you know maybe not quite the impact it had on his underlying numbers his general play um and yeah all of the eye tests and the underlying numbers are looking brilliant and, and obviously he has for a while been on penalties for for Brighton as well so that only adds to never mind he's got great underlying numbers from the non-penalty XG but but then added the penalties as well and it's obviously very very cheap so um yeah I think Good, good prospects for him going forward. I mean, there is that slight caveat that he could, according to Brighton fans, uh, move back deeper. I mean, one of the downsides of his ability is that he's able to pull strings from a lot of different positions. I think there is a concern that when certain other attacking assets potentially come back, that he could be the one to move around because, of his, because he has the ability to. But, um, yeah, look, at, at the moment, he's playing at number 10. As part of you thinks, why would you change him when he's being so creative? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, although they do blank in 28 and are likely to blank in 32, you know, Brighton have, um, yeah, they, they, obviously they've got a double in 27, a double in 29, and they've still got three games, or, well, at the moment they've got two games, but likely when they blank in 32, a third game to rearrange as well. So, so yeah, they could end up uh, with, with, with two blanks, but five doubles between now and the end of the season. Um, so if you can st- stock your team with Brighton players, but can uh, you know get through those blanks, then then, then yeah, they could be um, really profitable. And, and 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 a player like McAllister with the good underlying numbers, and, and and as Andy says, very affordable as well. You know, you can afford to bench him for those weeks where he is blanking. Um, he feels you know, him and his teammates, but I guess him at the minute, given given his underlying numbers, feels like a player that is well worth owning um we'll have a quick chat andy i guess because we included them in the mid-range of the, of the radar last week on brentford defensive assets including their goalkeeper david raya i think last week we said that they were um fifth best for expected goals sorry sixth best for expected goals conceded uh this week they've now jumped up a ranking spot so they're now fifth best for expected goals conceded and we mentioned uh, david raya ben Mee, and uh rico henry last week maybe failed to mention ethan pinnock um, we did see somewhere that he that that they had um, that he'd done okay in, in XG for centre backs this year, and obviously he duly popped up with a goal last game week. Uh, so perhaps we should have mentioned him, but I guess we can correct that somewhat retrospectively now by giving him a nod. 
Yeah, and also I think we weren't, I guess, for our own fault, so sure about his start, but he looks to be fairly settled on for, for start there now as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, adding in the mix, and there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of those to, to, to choose from, and we try to get yeah. You could argue we're we're um, sitting on the fence by offering up all these options, and but but uh, we often sort of say that on the FK Lounge we aim to give the pros and cons right and we try to as I said like last week um you know me gets up the corners Henry is uh the the, the wing back so it gets more assist potential and overall attacking threat um and uh yeah Rock Raya obviously being being the keeper is 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 is, is not comparable in quite quite the same way but yeah um how Pinnock fits into that I suppose is similarly he's a centre back like me right and he more XG than, than XA, and he's a, he's a bit cheaper than me as well. Um, so uh, I guess that's where he fits in the mix. But I think look at the three yourself, Miller, and I suppose on that front. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we obviously mentioned me and and Henry last week talking about their XG and sort of their goal and assist potential. And I think it was Aaron Hickey, the other wing back, assisting for even Pinnock last week. So you know that uh, that that showed us, didn't it? Um, Andy, talk talk Chelsea defenders to me. Obviously, they had a pretty impressive. Result, although I'm not as uh, glowing about the performance as some in the media are uh, in midweek against Dortmund. This was a Dortmund side that were missing a lot of their key attacking players uh, as well. And although Chelsea did look relatively untroubled by them, um, there's been a shift obviously from Graham Potter in recent weeks to go to three at the back with wing backs again. We should that should in theory get the best out of some very good FPL wing backs in Reese James and Ben Chilwell. Um but there is an argument at the minute that Wesley Fafana and obviously he did get a goal last game week, but we should, we're not really relying on, on, on him in the opposition penalty area. Um, but Wesley Fafana at 4.3 million, he feels like the value pick for a team that have decent underlying defensive numbers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not you can rely on it in terms of attacking threat going in the future, but he did step out with the ball a lot, didn't he, at Leicester? I think that's one of the reasons he ended up getting his big money move to to Chelsea. Um, he goes forward four corners, um, but and and that that significant price saving. I mean, in in any other season, if Chelsea weren't ten four point three for starting Chelsea centre back, he'd be in everyone's team, right? So. Um, their underlying defensive numbers have increased significantly. We're looking at Brighton under Potter type numbers um, for, for for Chelsea now, and similarly to his Brighton teams, perhaps not delivering on on their XG. But you did see that Brighton team at some point get their deserved clean sheets under Potter, and, and if that starts happening for Chelsea, four point three for for a, you know one in two or two in three clean sheets man is, is ridiculous value. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think what definitely helps Safana, um, obviously, is Thiago Silva's injury likely to be out until at least at least April. Of the uh, as we said the other week, April is quick. It isn't as far away in FPL terms uh, as we perhaps would have thought. But but yeah, I think I think he feels um, value, and I guess also just yeah. I don't know how much stock you can put into this, but when you spend eighty million on on a player, you feel like you should probably be uh, be playing week in week out when when fit. I think it's worth saying a line that you said to me on James and Chilwell before the show as well, and that was that in previous years we would be saying that the 1.5 mil extra, even despite the farmer being value, is worth it for James and Chilwell because their attacking output outdoes most even midfielders in the game. So when you add the clean sheet potential to their attacking potential, it's it's ridiculous.
ridiculous for 5.8 million. However, at the moment, um, whilst they can chip in with a goal themselves, a lot of it does come from assists. And if they haven't got anyone to put the ball in the net, who are they who are they going to provide assists for? Basically, was your was your point? So, is it yeah. really worth that extra money at this moment in time? And and, and Chelsea really aren't free scored. You know, their defensive numbers, underlying numbers have increased, but their attacking output still isn't fantastic. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, you know, I did watch them in the Champions League and yeah, you know, it was striking how, well, I guess it wasn't even that striking how advanced James and Chilwell were at points. In fact, when they did join the attack and, and, and really got into the final, Dortmund's final third, it didn't feel like they'd been there all game, like it sometimes used to, especially with Reese James, where it felt like he was sometimes camped in the opposition half or sometimes camped in the opposition final third. But when he was popping up, it wasn't kind of on the edge of the, on, on sort of the corner of the box, um, you know, potentially cutting inside and having a shot or something similar. It did seem to be almost a desire to get to the byline and get across it. And it was very similar with Ben Chilwell. So, so, so yes, they might be getting wide. Yes, they might be getting advanced, but it does seem to be perhaps more to get crosses in rather than to try and create chances for themselves. And, and obviously for, you know, for defenders, I think it's a three point difference versus a, in a goal versus an assist. And is that, is that correct in FPL? Yes. Six, six points for a goal, is it? Yeah. So, and three for an assist. So, so yeah. Um, you know, while any attacking return for a defender, you know, should be, should be taken positively. What we did used to like about James and Chilwell is that they might be good for two, three, four goals a season. Um, maybe that, isn't what's going to be happening in in the shape under Graham Potter. Um, as moving further outwards on our radar, Andy, to the fringe, uh, I guess another mention for Ollie Watkins. He was on the fringe last week. I guess he's maybe a bit unfortunate, Andy, given his underlying numbers, uh, not to be a bit further into the radar, but I guess a lack of double this game week um, is possibly the reason the reason why. Um, 3.49 XG in his last six, five goals in that, period i think i said last week he was running a little bit hot uh he got a decent chunk of xg in game week 26 but didn't score so things have leveled themselves out uh, out a little bit um but he still has two nice single game weeks um before uh, before a double in 29 um arguably i guess other than tony probably one of the form strikers in the league at the moment well yeah i mean there's no finer way to put it than that i think i think that's the best summary of it you could say underlying numbers good output good good fixtures coming up yeah you say like say not a double this week and it's west ham who a little bit of a bet form recently um so that's hence why he's on the fringe but i think if there weren't so many brighton and brentford players like if, it, if this wasn't a double game week he could certainly have found his way higher up this, this radar this week absolutely yeah, uh, let's have a, a rare radar chat about our goalkeeper, Andy, Jason Steele. I mean, I put him on the fringe. This maybe is a bit of a, a bit of, a bit of a push, um, but three point nine million pounds. And there are a lot. I mean, he started started the last game week, but it was more about Robert, Roberto De Zerbi's comments um, about him. Very much implying that he has won the starting berth from Robert Sanchez in a Brighton defence or or in a Brighton team at least that is as I said earlier doubling this game week yes blanking next uh, but then probably going to double four more times with a, with another blank on the horizon I mean if you are I guess we probably wouldn't be uh, advocating for bringing Jason Steele in using a free transfer but if you're wildcarding or thinking about wildcarding um, Jason Steele could be a steal 
well uh punny congratulations yeah thank you very much uh, but you know i think you're right i mean what holds that back a little bit is obviously the existence of ward and even forster at the moment although you know not saying fixtures for those but, um yeah but it I'm going to have to take your word. I'm quite literally being on the beach. So <laughs> take your word on Reserve's comments. What I've seen written is that it's a little bit more potential of a competition. I don't know for 100% how nailed on steel will be for definitely being the number one from our almost. But I mean, yeah, if if, if you're, and, and yeah, like say, to use a free transfer on it, maybe a bit too far. But it's worth pointing out that Ward also plays in 28 and the doubles in 29, whereas steel would not play in 28. So um you know for the extra 0.2 it would take to get to ward maybe i'd still be going there but if 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 we get any more sense before the weekend that he is then and you need that 0.2 just you know just creeps you over you know into getting another player that you really want or need then it could be worth looking at i guess the other point obviously is is that yeah yeah you make a good point about about danny ward's fixtures up until game week up until and including game week 29 but as i said you know Brighton are going to have doubles later on. Um, so, yeah, if you're leaving your wild card or, or, or you want to wait a little bit longer to see if Jason Steele holds down that number one jersey, um, then, yeah, I guess there is potential to wait and see and still benefit from him uh, later in the, later in the year. I mean, it would be a hell of a move if uh, Deserby did this, I guess, for one week to light the touch paper under under Robert Sanchez. But um, I guess stranger things have happened. But, but yeah, it, you know... When we saw the Brighton team on, on on Saturday and Sanchez wasn't in it, very much felt like um, it must be an injury, it must be something something kind of freak. But no, the comments were very much that State still deserved his deserved his spot, and 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 yeah, definitely one to keep keep an eye on. Um, I mean, at this point in the radar, Andy, we usually just say anyone else, but I know that there is someone else, and I know that you want to talk about him because you are a big fan and always have been of a 4.5 million starting forward that has goals in him and looks good on the eye. I think when you add into the fact that I've been desperate, frankly desperate for Brighton to have a striker um, for years because of that Potter XG that wasn't coming to fruition, I'm wondering if maybe I'm being slightly blinded here, but nevertheless, I've, yeah, I love it. Regardless of the fact that Brian likes that, I love a 4.5 minute striker, although I think it's 4.6 now. And um, yeah, so Evan Ferguson, I mean, he looks like he's got an eye for goal and he looks like he can get involved in build up play as well, so he's going to fit into like a Brighton type system. Um, he is not necessarily nailed on for a start, seems to share the starts with Welbeck, but look. What, what can you want for someone who's at one of the cheapest price points in the game? I think um, with all those doubles you said coming up and stuff as well, he gets he has actually scored off the bench. He's one of those where he seems to be able to contribute whatever his um, minutes are. So I think if if the the problem for a 4.5 minute striker this year compared to the last three, four, five years is that there are actually forward options, aren't there now, appearing. Well, it has been all season, but even more so appearing in the game. Um, so you may not want to use one of your forward spots on um, a slight throwaway or bench person. Whereas, uh, yeah, in previous years, you, you were looking anywhere to try and find someone to, to, to use as a, as a forward. So um, a cheap starter was, was, was a great thing to have there. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think... Um... 
yeah, I mean, ultimately we've mentioned two mid-priced forwards on our radar, and then there's Erling Haaland and Harry Kane still having a phenomenal season, and you know, I guess Mitrovic is possibly still hanging around a few teams, and 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 there are other players as well. So, so yeah, and obviously yeah, in yeah, previous years, as Yao Felix and uh, Darwin Nunes, and potentially a Jota if he comes back. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and as you say, obviously, in previous years, it's all about you know, as much as there haven't been that many good strikers um, to fill those three spots with. At the same time, you've also been wanting to save some money to invest in premium midfielders. And there doesn't really seem to be a premium midfielder that's worth their salt at the minute. Although Mo Salah might have something to say about that in in, in this final leg of the season. But yeah, uh, Evan, Evan Almighty, as I think we're going to start calling him. Well, I'm going to start calling him on the pod. Um, definitely worth uh, definitely worth some consideration and one to keep an eye on. Let's leave it there, Andy. Let's take a quick break. But when we return, we will be trying to catch each other in our honey traps. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back, Lynn. So, Honey Traps last week, Andy, I can't really, I mean, mine was atrocious. Uh, I don't know if yours, if you got yours, if, if yours came in or not. Well, I think I put them on the sheet and last week and then they've not made it into this week's I'll delete so, them. Must uh, have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've got that last week column for, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Never mind. Never mind, eh? Never mind. But, uh, I mean, I can't criticise. I've been, you know, drinking my hand all week. So, um, what can I say? I think it was something to do with TV games and non-TV yeah. games. Yeah. Yours is always, yours is always TV games. It was the number of goals and I can't remember. I, well, I, I was on the beach so I didn't add it up. Yeah, no, no idea. I think mine was mine was more than three away wins in the three o'clocks, and that definitely didn't come in. So we can just cross a line through mine and you know leave yours with a question mark. But anyway, uh, we do tend to prefer honey traps in double game weeks or blank game weeks because there's slightly more interesting things happening, and also that does tend to lend itself to pretty obvious transfers, which means leaves us with very little to swim against. Um, so Andy, what is your honey trap for this game week twenty seven? Well. I've got a interesting option for you this week. Okay, I've been enjoying a large spread at breakfast every morning. Like you could imagine, you know, you know what it's like when you go away. Like the full, they do everything. Yeah, uh, they've got the continentals. They've got the uh, a, a, a surprisingly good English for like breakfast options. You know, sometimes you go away, the sausages are a bit odd, and like they don't do hash browns properly. But they've got they've got some good some good proper. Um, you know, yeah, the proper English uh, fair. I'd be interested to see what like the people from other countries in Europe, because you know they've got the sort of German meats and various fruits and these other things. Whether they think they're doing cuisines justice as well, but anyway, the food the food here has been great. And one of the things I've been enjoying a local delicacy is the Cypriot honey. Right. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and give you some of the Cypriot honey this week. Uh, show me the Cypriot honey, baby. Yeah, and in the something that they're known for over here, which was not on their halloumi, but they're also known for. Yeah, um, I'm trying to give you the option buffet breakfast style to build your own 
on the trap. This week. <laughs> <laughs> this is what a treat. Who's who's actually on holiday? Because it feels like I'm on holiday now. I'm getting treated like this. Well, okay, so I am willing to take either side of this. Okay, I think it's a, I think it's a potentially a pretty close one. Right. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. I have an opinion, but I think it, you could potentially think either way. So I'm willing to allow you to have either side of it. Okay. And yeah. I would say that the proposition would be that uh, you could either take a player of the game week being from Brighton or Brentford or the field. So mm. a, the player of the game week being a Brighton or Brentford player or the player of the game week being a player from any of the other 18 teams in the league yeah that's that is that's that's really interesting and, and i really and i really like it um i think i'm gonna go with the brighton or brentford player um and the reasons for that i think primarily is going to be Similar similar reasons to when we end up talking about our captain um, or our okay. captain captaincy picks. I think that double that this week it feels so so nailed on. I I, I yeah, not nailed on. That's definitely not the right phrase. It, it feels like the double game week players are have a significantly better chance of outscoring even the best single game week players this week and there are a handful of them that could do it and I wouldn't even rule out a defender that scores in one of the two game weeks yeah I guess let's take a Ben Mee for example you could see feasibly a goal and two clean sheets this game week and that would probably make him king of the game week oh yeah so so and definitely would over I think a single game week player. I guess you'd need a Harland hat trick or something along those lines to outscore him then. So, yeah, I think I would take the Brentford and Brighton player. I can see why you think it's relatively e- even, yeah, equal chances. Um, and it's very kind of you to offer me my choice. So, yeah, that's the way I'm going to go. And I guess we can maybe dig into a bit more of the reasons why when we do captaincy. But, but yeah, I think that the prospects of it being an Ivan Tony or an Alexis McAllister or a Karen Toma or yeah, a Ben Me um are pretty high. So that's where I'm going. Well, pretty much that's why I offered you yeah, but well when we were having our pre pod chat and discussing captains, I originally wrote it as a, I would I would put out the trap that the king of the game week would be the Brighton or Brentford player because our usual tactic would be that to take the field is always the sensible mm. option. I suppose the caveat that obviously those two teams have have doubles, whereas the field no, no one in the field does. But well, I suppose actually that's not true. Palace and Leeds do, but um, yeah, I mean I'm going to look yeah. very stupid if it ends up being like Brendan Aronson. Yeah, well, no, I don't. I think, don't think you look stupid because no one's putting Brendan Aronson in their team this week, are they? So, but um, I. I yeah, suspect it's that you might actually want, based on our cap, upcoming captain chat, one of one of those uh, or to have those on your on your side. So so there you go, and and you have gone for it. So fine, I will take the field gladly. 
Okay, no worries. All right, uh, mine is uh, also straightforward, and yes, is also very related to Bryson and Brentford. Not that related to FPL, though. I have to I have to say, but it is very straightforward. Um, my honey trap this week is that I believe that Brighton and Brentford will both win both of their games. Both win both of their games. I mean, you'd think if you're a listener that we've somehow coordinated this to make it relevant to the game week and different, but we haven't. Just genius, it worked out like this. <laughs> without without that, so fantastic. Um, both against Brentford, that um, Everton and Southampton, isn't it? And for Brighton, that's Leeds and Palace. I mean, I think I have to take you up on that because all it takes is one of them not to win one of the games. Right, so anyway, yeah, you can see a, you can see a draw in there, right? Draw or for Brighton or Brentford, yeah. So you're 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 basically doing the fourfold of yeah. those four fixtures, I think, which I think is likely to be way, way, way below fifty percent, right? Um, so yes. I mean, I think I've got to absolutely got to take you on that, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I suppose away at Leeds, you could see a like a two-two goal fest maybe there, Desmond. Um, yeah, exactly. Palace is a is ultimately a derby, although we sort of slightly and others slightly mock it because of the distance between the teams. And but they do genuinely dislike each other, the set of fans, and um, the two sets of fans certainly see it as as a derby. I know a Palace fan that lives in Brighton, and and it, it he does not have an enjoyable time if they if they lose that game. So, um, which by the way. Uh, You'll be pleased to know that I got plenty of emails off people at work, even though I'm not at work this week, uh, with uh, seven mil in the in the subject title. Amazing, um, amazing. But, uh, I um, feel like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be checking your work phone while you're on a holiday. So that's uh, bad, you know, bad Andy. Don't do that. I think that's fair. I don't think any of them listen to the FPL Lounge, but uh, you know me, Christopher, and those cards are well and truly marked. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, for, for for those people's sake, let's hope Liverpool make top four, top four this season. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily uh, going to ask if they were actually Liverpool fans. I just kind of assumed that that they'd be anti, not even anti Man United, just anti you, really, to be honest, uh, oh. and just and just will, willing to wind you up. But um, but yeah, clearly, clear, <laughs> clearly it's worked. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's move on to. To captaincy, and I guess linked to uh, to Andy's honey trap. Um, I mean, it looks Andy, to, 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 on the face of it, to be a, uh, a relatively straightforward decision. If you own Ivan Tony, uh, well, if not, why not? But if you do own him, he does feel like the runaway captaincy candidate this week. Two away games, but as we said earlier, that hasn't really affected his XGI this season. Um, playing teams that have conceded goals, and Tony has scored a lot. Um, there's, uh, yeah, and he's got two bites of the cherry. So, what's not to love? Well, I mean, nothing. I don't think, frankly. Um, I, yeah, I, we're going to get into a chat about some potential other options here. But for me, I mean, before we we discussed it, I was I was unsure. The Harlem thing always sticks in the back of my mind. But I just think if 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 Brentford's fixtures were worse, this might be more of a conversation. But the fact that Tony, unless you get sent off or injured, will definitely play both games. Like he hasn't got that suspension threat hanging over his head for this double game week. Um, and the fact he's at two, away at two teams who've conceded so many goals and both in really like kind of form at the moment. 
Um, yeah, I know it's two away games, but yeah, I like that. Tony's also, whether this counts for anything or not, he's absolutely desperate to make the squad. I do think the the things that are hanging over his head, we know Southgate, and I just think even though that, that hasn't happened yet, the, the sort of official sort of punishment or trial or whatever, there's just no way Southgate goes near that minefield, is there? But nevertheless, I think Tony will be determined to kind of prove him wrong or do whatever he can. So there's no question mark over his performances, at least, to prevent him from from being in there. So, um, yeah. If, if, if I was Ivan Tony, I'd be backing myself to make the first squad after my suspension. I think that was probably the most likely outcome. Or you wouldn't be because you'd get another suspension. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, in terms of captaincy, Andy, obviously there are a, a, a you know glut of Brighton midfielders. March, Mack and Mitt, as I've uh, dubbed them on, on on our sheet, but also double, also have good underlying numbers, apart from maybe Matoma. Um, are they that much worse, that much of a climb down than, than Ivan Tony this game week? I guess I guess the concern that, that we perhaps have is they share the points around a little bit more, whereas Tony doesn't really share his points with, with, with anyone, does he? Uh, well, absolutely not. And definitely plays like pretty much every minute unless there's something else up, right? Um, we've seen March, for example, and others come off. They, they have options off the bench, Brighton, um, at points this season and play in different positions, as we've mentioned, McAllister and stuff as well. And, and, and actually, Matoma obviously significantly overperforming his underlying numbers at the so um, I think some people could certainly make arguments that, that you and I often, I think, kind of perhaps underrate or misjudge Brighton players. We don't really watch them enough. And there are a lot of, seemingly a lot of the FPL Twitter bubble that are Brighton fans or live in Brighton or whatever. Um, so, so know about a bit more about them. But even those who would try to make a strong case for any one of those, it, it can't possibly be stronger than, than Tony can it this week. So unless you don't own him for some reason, I, I can't see that any of those are... are necessarily better options yeah fair enough um i think generally in double game weeks we do sometimes mention defenders and i think i'd just point out at this point that we would probably be going brighton defenders over brentford defenders um leeds and palace have uh considerably worse um xg over the last four game weeks as a team than uh, than everton and southampton everton actually was seventh i think for xg over the last four so they must be creating something under sean dyche and maybe it's just dwight mcneil constantly crossing the ball into the box um but, but but yeah i think that's probably where we would go but yeah definitely tony is the is the headline uh, for this game week Quick word, Andy, on single game week players. I mean, in any other given game week, Haaland at Palace, Rashford versus Southampton, Salah at Bournemouth, we'd be, you know, trying to find, um, you know, how much, well, yeah, I guess almost there's cigarette papers between how good those three would be in any normal game week. Um, is there any, I mean, Liverpool beat Bournemouth 9-0 in the reverse fixture, albeit they're away this time. I know Salah actually didn't get a return, I don't think, in that game, ironically. But given his uh, performance against Man United, I mean, is there some, if you own him, some point in, in sticking the armband on him this week? It doesn't feel like that much of a risk. And Tony maybe could be. Well, I mean, was it 18 attacking returns for Liverpool in that game week and none for Salah? And I think it was also compounded by, wasn't it, the week when Haaland scored a hat-trick off the bench against Palace, I think. In fact, in fact was, that, was that Chris Hopkins' 30th birthday? 
Oh, I don't. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, yeah, because we were we were standing out by Clapton CFC checking our phones for a salary return and it never came. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just had a flashback about that. So yeah. Um, would did that that make the day better? I guess it did make the day better. Having beers with Chris that makes the day. So yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what would have made um, the day better. Salah scoring a couple of goals against Bournemouth when you've set the armband on him. That that would have made the day a lot better. Yeah, but I think pretty much everyone else had him, so uh, it wasn't it wasn't the complete end of the world. Anyway, look, diversion. They're away at Palace, and Salah respectively away at Bournemouth. Does that make a difference? Round maybe City have generally actually been better at home this season than away, although the performances have been mixed. Um, but yeah, I like they could they could you could get another Harland hat trick. You, you could, but. 180 minutes for Tony against those two defences again. Like, I mean, some people even talking about selling Holland and both and Salah for the defenders. So, yeah, surely they're not as good practice options. Yeah, very, I'm very. Uh, yeah, I mean, Holland's underlying numbers worry me. I think I, I, I can't remember whether it was the last four or last six, but he, he's not even in the top 20 of players in the game. Um, so that does give me serious concern. Uh, at the minute, so so yeah, um. I, I, yeah, I, I think my armbands will go on Tony, um, but yeah, I can't see Salah going going mad. I think him of the three, yeah, I probably could. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe more of a reflection on on, on Bournemouth's defence than than anything else. Um, but yeah, we will wait and see. Um, but yeah, Tony definitely the headline pick for us. Let's leave it there then, Andy. Let's finish as we always do with a little game we like to call Who the Heck is Stat? For those that don't know, uh, Andy and I take it in turns each week to pick a player from the FPL universe and the other person has to guess who it is. They must be owned by at least 5% of managers and we get five clues if we guess it after the first clue. We get five points. After the second clue, we get four points and so on and so forth. Every time we hear a new clue, we get two minutes to stick or twist on our previous guess. So we don't reveal the answer to the end so you can play along wherever you are listening to the FPL lounge. Uh, I got a a Poultry one point last game week. So Andy currently has a 14 point lead and the chance to extend it in this game week. I'm just going to hope that uh, he's got sunstroke and he ends up with a big zero, but I don't think it's really going to matter for me this season. Okay, Andy, let's get straight into it then. Uh, Clue number one is this player's ninth FPL season and they have already achieved their highest ever finish. Who the heck is stat? Hmm. Well, this this would suggest a small pool of players, wouldn't it? Um, ninth season and already got their best, so haven't done amazing before. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm straight towards Danny Ward. Um, don't know if he'd be nine seasons. Nine feels like a lot, and there can't be many who'd be nine seasons and have already hit their best. Um, what else could there be? Kind of done well, surprisingly. Trips, trips. I think it probably could be trips, but I think we might have had him this season already. Not sure. I think it could be trips, and it could be Danny Ward potentially. So that's two options. Who else is ninth season? Let's just look at fixtures rather than. That's more help. Nine seasons, Liverpool person, ninth 
don't know. <clears throat> Everton. And of course, no Brentford, no Brighton, no. Leeds, no. Leicester. Maybe not nine. Tottenham. Yeah, probably these people who've got those nine, but none of them probably the best, given the form they've been in. 30 seconds. Chelsea. No. Okay, I think I'm going to rather dragging this out. Let's just bump for Kieran Trippier. Okay, no worries. Uh, clue number two, then. This player has been outscored in FPL by two teammates this season, but neither of which are eligible for who the heck is stat. Who the heck is stat? Right, Trips won't have been outscored by two teammates, I don't think. Um, I suppose maybe Pope and Almiron. I think that's unlikely. I think Trips is right up there. Um, so that would be back towards Danny Ward. Who could have been outscored by Ianacho and or Madison. Um, Madison's ownership may have gone up though. So suggests a shit team. I mean, Leicester would fit that bill. There aren't many Leicester assets out there. And Danny Ward would be eligible and more high owned because of his cheapness and fact he starts. So definitely moving off trips, probably moving to Danny Ward. But there's two that have outscored because I think Madison now with the doubles coming up and the fact he plays in the bank, I've seen him in some wildcard drafts. Wonder if he might be eligible for the game now. So not sure on that front, but Ward seemed like a likely move. Who else could there be? Andreas Pereira. Hmm. Andreas Pereira could be his ninth season, could be his best ever season. Would he be outscored by two teammates? I guess he could Mitro. Yep. One. And then AN other. And uh, who started a lot of games before. They've had a couple of other midfielders who contributed goals. Yeah. 30 seconds. They won't have many people owned. Okay, so I think I've got another option here. I'm going to go to Danny Ward just because that was the first one I thought of. But I think it could be Andreas also as well. But we'll go Danny Ward. Okay, no worries. Uh, clue number three, then. This player has played over to, over 2,000 minutes this season, registered six clean sheets and 12 bonus points. Who the heck is stat? There's no movement there, really, from Danny Ward, is there? I mean, you mentioned clean sheets. Makes you think it's got to be the unwritten rule of it's got to be a keeper or a defender. So I think we can pretty out. much establish that as a rule now. <laughs> yeah, it's a spoken, if not written rule. Yeah. Um, it's so that's not Andreas. Um, 12 bonus, yet yeah, has had the odd ones this season. 12 is a lot, though. I know he's definitely had some, but whether has he had 12 bonus, that feels like a lot. Um, but look, I mean, ninth season and best ever finish is a small pool of people, I'd have thought. I think he'll fit that bill. So, twelve bonus as well. Someone else. So, it's, so, so it's got to be someone who starts quite a bit over two thousand minutes. You said. Who else could have started that much? Got that many bonus. Got sixteen sheets. So defender or keeper that hasn't played in previous seasons as much. I think I've just got a stick at this point. Sure. Yeah, I think I have to. 
Clue number four, then. Uh, this player's XG prevented this season is minus seven and a half, the third worst among any goalkeeper to have played 10 games or more. Who the heck is stat? Well, again, like, let's not lengthen this pod for the sake of it. Like, I think like, you've told me it's a keeper, so I think I've got to, again, stick with Danny Ward. Like, there's no, like, I, mean, I guess I can quickly go down. Neto, Allison, no, Pickford. Yes, could be up there for nine seasons, although that feels like a lot, but won't be his best, I wouldn't have thought. But then I guess he won't have had many great seasons either. So I suppose he's a maybe, but I can't switch off it for the, for the points drop. Raya, no. Mesnier, no. Sanchez, no. Kepa, no. Larice probably had more than nine, won't be his best. Hendo, no. Whiter. Mm, can't see him having had nine. Edison. Well, there'll be players ahead of him, but yeah, eligible. Loads of eligible players for City for the stats, so no. Uh, Leno won't be nine. Ramsdale won't be nine. De Gea be more than nine. Don't even know who the Southampton keeper is. Comparing that, is it Bazunu? I think so. Uh, so it won't be him. Fabianski, more than nine. Martinez won't have nine. Pope. Probably not quite had nine. Those are players more eligible than him as well. Um, Wolves. Uh, Saar. Yeah, no. So, Unguita, Dan Sanchez. Yeah, so I think I can't, I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's Danny Woods, so I'm just going to stick. Okay, no worries. Uh, clue number five then. This player is the highest owned player at his position. Who the heck is Stat? Hmm. I mean, I guess he's a lot of people's second choice. So again, it's gonna, I'm not going to be changing, but I, I would be surprised to learn he's the highest owned. But I guess first choice keeper has is split between a lot of different options at the moment, particularly with the wild card. There'd be some who might have gone Sanchez, Raya, Kepa, whereas probably almost a lot of people, if not everyone, have got Ward as the second choice. What with the double coming up in 29, so I suppose it could be, and his price obviously. So, yeah, sticking with Danny Ward. Another four points, big, big few weeks for Andy Case. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Nice holiday treat for you. Four points, Mr. Andy Case. Yeah, I mean, obviously that first clue just was too easy, <laughs> put, put very simply. Um, but yeah, so nine... Well, it's, months... it's one of those classic who the heck is stat clues, right? In the, oh, of course. It could yeah. be easy. If you, it's a small pool. So if you find someone in the pool that you think ticks the box, it's great. But if you don't, you can be scrabbling around really trying to think. So. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, uh, highest points total. I mean, originally, I, I think I wrote down comfortably as highest ever points total, but I thought that might really give it away. So uh, uh, so yeah, at least, at least I managed to, to save myself a point there. Um, yeah, I've been outscored by Madison and Barnes, but neither of which are eligible for the hacker stat. I did have to double check that again this morning. We're obviously recording over over two days uh, this 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 podcast. But yeah, Madison at 4.9 is really on the precipice with, with those uh, transfers in due to wild cards. Um, yes, yeah, it clean sheets, 12 bonus. I guess it is high, but I think the, the, the highest goalkeeper only had about 14 and there were quite a lot on 12. So he was kind of middle of the pack, really, but not a lot of separating um, sort of the top the top 10. Obviously, he's actually, you know, Leicester considered a lot of goals and more coming for a bit of stick earlier in the season, wasn't he? So, yeah, a pretty bad XG uh, prevented. I mean, for, not to give you a bonus point, but any idea who the who the bottom two will be if he's third worst? The bottom two. 
Um, already named one when you're running through the keepers. I named all the keepers, I think, all 20 starting keepers. I went down there, but um, Allison, maybe? Not Allison. I mean, they they, uh, they are more bottom bottom of the table Pickford. fodder. Pickford. Not quite. No. Uh, Bazunu. Bazunu is one of them, and uh, the other one is Mark Travers at Bournemouth. Travers is it? Why do I think Neto then? Oh well, anyway. Yeah. I think he was a Jan- was he a January signing Neto, or was he injured when he first came in? I don't know. I don't but know. yeah, Travers has definitely played played more than ten. I don't know. I don't think he's the starting keeper any, anymore. And yeah, I was um, we, I, you were you were a coin toss away from another five pointer here. So yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, well, you know, I've kind of just you know let, got to let let it go let, now, and you make like Elsa and let let it go. So uh, you've got to pretend there's some, some stake in this game still, Chris, even if you don't believe it. Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I think I think ultimately what makes me more angry is 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 me not scoring highly rather than you scoring highly. I think that I've kind of learned to let to let let that go a little bit. Yeah, fine. Okay, fair enough. And you're and yeah, yeah you're on a holiday. I'll let you have it without getting. Let without, I'll let, let you have it. What I mean there is, I'll let you have it without getting too frustrated about it. So, um, I'd be interested to go back and check, but I don't think Danny Ward's the only person on his best ever finish. I think I think I might already have surpassed my best. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's not your ninth FPL season, so yeah, the clue is the clue is out. Um. Yeah, well there we go. There we go. Four more points for 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 Andy Case. Let's uh, let's bring this one into land, Andy. Obviously, there's plenty of discussion at the minute. Uh, I know we had a quick chat about the top of the show about bench boosts and things like that. But obviously, it is a double game week. How many you know, Brent, Brighton and Brentford players should players be having? Should they take a risk on James Ward-Prowse? I'm sure that'll be a fairly uh, quick answer to a question. But if our listeners do have any questions, how can they get in touch? They can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And also, yeah, not just questions and things, advice for me, because I'm really not sure whether to do my wildcard this week. And it's really, really bugging me. I'm getting to the point where I almost might just play it just so that I haven't got the option anymore and I, don't, I can't agonise over it. I know that in future game weeks I won't have this agony. Um, so is that, is that the worst reason to use a wildcard ever? I don't know if it's the worst, but it's probably not a great it's got to be up there, isn't it? Like, oh, let take my take my chip away so I don't stress out every week. I mean, maybe may, maybe yeah, you've got to appreciate you using it. Your mental health game, well, like, of course. You know, you know, how frustrating it is when something you try to make happen doesn't, right? Oh, I've got so, to look after my mental health with uh, with who the heck is that? That's why I've just let it go. So, <laughs> yeah, not caring. If exactly. you don't care, you can't be hurt. Can you? It, it, exactly, exactly. You've really, really got into the into, into the crux of life, my mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do also remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, we will be back uh, next week with a game week twenty eight preview. Uh, obviously, that is going to be quite an interesting game week. But there is a Friday night football, so we'll try and get it recorded earlier. Although, obviously. With the Wednesday uh, double game week 27, uh, we've got a relatively narrow window to get things sorted. But we will do our best for you, as always. Andy, enjoy the rest of your holiday. But until then, thanks for joining us in the FBL Lounge.